when I was thinking about this sermon series last year, um, Spiritual Fitness, about how God grows our, our faith, um, what immediately became clear to me was that perhaps the best way to, to hear about how God grows our faith is to hear about how God grows your faith, uh, which means not hearing my words, but hearing your words. And so I'm very excited that the first, the first well, you won't hear any of my words from this whole sermon series, but the first three sermons will be, um, will be shared by, by you all um, uh, about how God has grown your faith. Um, so this Sunday and next Sunday and the following Sunday will be lay preachers. We uh, actually believe in a God that equips and empowers by God's Holy Spirit uh, each and every one of you to be able to preach. Uh, preaching is not a special class reserved for me. Uh, preaching is uh, something all of you can do. You're preachers. You may just not know it. And so we're looking forward to this, uh, to this series in, in a, just a minute after I read the scripture. I'm just beyond... Um, Grateful and blessed to be able to uh, call my wife up, Lauren, to, to preach, and we'll invite you to pray with me for her and um, hear what she has to say to us this morning. So, our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 36 through 44. Our, our preachers have selected the, the passages um, uh, for, for their, their messages. Um, so, I'm going to be reading um, from... Uh, translation will be a little bit different, but will be uh, similar enough so you can follow along. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for, for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, Lauren, I'm going to invite you to come forward. And um, I would just ask that uh, we all have the opportunity to, to pray over her. So if you would just... Ex Whoops, too soon. I'll switch your mics. Uh, just extend your hand uh, as just a way to, to affirm her and to, to pray, with her, pray for her. God, we give you thanks for, for your servant, Lauren. Thank you for calling her to this place uh, at this time to share your word with us today. We pray that you would uh, just overshadow her, hold her, hold her words tenderly uh, in this place and in our hearts that we might receive uh, with joy uh, what she has to say to us this day. Strengthen her. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, ready? Um, I'll start with an icebreaker and tell you about the dream I had last week. I was um, giving this message in an outdoor stadium with like tens of thousands of people. And when I went to start my message, it was like sheet music. <laughs> and I was like, wait. 
style. All right. So call it the Catholic in me, but I need to start with some confessions right off the bat. A, I'm not comfortable up here. B, I do not consider myself in a peak state of spiritual fitness right now, nor in a peak state of physical fitness right now. And C, Tyler did not pressure me into doing this because he was short of volunteers. Actually, the truth is that sometime, maybe a year ago, I recklessly said the words, hey, I'd love to give the message someday. It really surprised me as it rolled off my tongue because at the time I said it, I was also feeling less than spiritually fit. This season of having young kids has made it challenging to carve out intentional time with God. The times at home that are quiet and uninterrupted, I find myself longing for a nap or choosing to mindlessly scroll through my phone. I'm no spiritual heroine right now, but I mention this all to come to the avenue by which I feel I have most grown my faith in the past and by which I know I must continue to grow it for the future by stepping up to the uncomfortable. My faith has most grown through stepping up to uncomfortable opportunities. This is precisely what I think drove me to say those words, hey, I'd love to give the message one day. Why I put myself into this position or what makes it worth it for me to volunteer for or say yes to something I don't feel prepared or competent enough for? Well, I want to be equipped in faith for my children, for my friends, and for myself. In the past year, in my most focused moments of worship, I feel as though God has been preparing me for something. As I've sung lyrics of profound meaning and comfort about who God is, sorry, this mic. Um, I've felt God's spirit whispering to me, this is powerful to you now, but it'll be even more powerful to you in the future. In some ways, it scares me. What does he mean by this? What future is he preparing me for? Is it something hard? Well, the truth is, being a Christian does not exempt anyone from life's ups and downs. And I want, sorry, I'm crying. Okay, I'm allowed to cry. <laughs> and I want to be prepared to have faith and encouragement for my children, for my friends, and for myself as we ride the fluctuating waves of life. The scripture passage we read today is especially powerful to me. Jesus had just shared the Last Supper with his disciples, and they continued on to the Mount of Olives, where he often went to pray. At this point, Jesus knows his death is imminent, and he falls with his face to the ground and prays. Even Jesus' faithfulness was stretched to the point of almost breaking, evident in his prayer to his Heavenly Father in the garden. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Jesus in his humanity understood what it was to be uncomfortable, to feel unprepared, or to be afraid. But with his proclamation of thy will be done, it is as if Jesus is saying, I'm just going to have to lean into this and know that God is God and God is with me. This was certainly not the first time Jesus stepped into the uncomfortable, but how powerful it is to recognize that even to the end, he could relate to us. I grew up connected to church, baptized and confirmed in the Catholic faith, but up until college, my spiritual life was limited to bedtime prayers and Sunday church service. I felt connected to God, and I felt secure in my faith if I held by this. I could tumble my, through my thoughts and my feelings over in my head, and I could hold my doubts and my hopes in my heart. I didn't feel like I was lacking anything. The first time I considered attending a Bible study, I was extremely hesitant. I was not familiar with reading the Bible, I didn't, and I didn't want to expose how little I knew. I barely knew the people who would be there, and an it was an unfamiliar setting for me. All this made me extremely vulnerable. 
but what I discovered was that through what proved to be an uncomfortable experience, it introduced me to the power of community. Not everyone was as established and as confident in their faith as I presumed they'd be. I, felt con- I found connection in others' experiences and backgrounds. It let, me be, it let me feel bold enough, while still spiritually immature, to open up a Bible on my own, and it began to grow my faith. Another step into the uncomfortable for me was my first invitation to write and share a short prayer at a church service. Praying out loud was not something I grew up doing, and again, it imposed on the faith which I felt safe to confide in. I felt unprepared and incompetent for the task. I initially wanted to respond, sorry, but I don't feel ready for that yet. But then the more I thought about it, the more I realized, Lauren, something like this is never going to feel comfortable until you step up to it, until you have more experience doing it. And so I hesitantly, with voice quivering and knees shaking behind the podium, maybe not so different from today, (laughs) um, I stepped up to the task. When I look back on that opportunity, I realize it was the start of something so valuable in my spiritual journey. I confess I am still much more comfortable praying privately to God, but I am gradually more at ease praying aloud in front of a group, praying with my husband, and ultimately praying with my boys. I want to be prepared to share a true and influential faith with my children, and if I cannot muster up the strength to share it out loud or through prayer, then how can I guide them? Bedtime routine at our house is often a time when our oldest son Gabriel requests mama. And I've been extra tired these days, so I've been deferring more and more to daddy. But something so meaningful to me has been to see how before going to bed, Gabriel will always find me wherever I am in the house, oftentimes resting on the couch or lounging in bed. And he eagerly asks me, mama, I want to know what you hope for, what you pray for, what you're sorry for, and what you're thankful for. These are things we include with our prayers with him at night. The fact that he wants to know these things from me means so much. I still feel like I say the same thing all the time or that what I share is not spiritually as mature as I'd like. On many days, I question how prepared I am to lead my boys in faith. Maybe I'm spiritually fit enough for a four-year-old, but will I be fit enough when they're 14 or 22? All I know is that right now they adore their mama, they value what I have to say, as imperfect or insufficient as it is. And it's on me, with God's help, to continue stepping out into, into new experiences, as uncomfortable as they may be, to grow my faith for my boys. Growing up in South Florida, I got, to, I got into the sport of competitive diving. I started out training on the one and three meter springboards, and I clearly remember, to, remember looking at those who dove from the higher levels and saying, They have to be nuts. I am never going to do that. (laughs) Well, sure enough, my coaches one day eased me into starting some dives off the five-meter platform. I was reluctant and rationalized with myself. Okay, but there is no way I'm diving from a higher level than this. (laughs) But what happened was my coaches recognized I had a lot more talent for platform diving than I did for springboards. I recognized it, too, and gradually after learning what – we call a lot of setup dives from lower levels. Pretty soon I was driving with my coaches to another facility once a week where I could train at the Olympic level 10 meter platform. So there I was just as nuts as the rest of them. (laughs) But to get you in on a little secret, while I became more comfortable and confident up there, I always stayed scared. While I, oh, sorry. I would go to competitions and practice platform with other divers and that's, I would go to 
I would go to competitions and practice platform with other divers. Sorry. <laughs> what I discovered was when I would go to competitions and practice platform with other divers, I would discover that everyone, even the best of them and even the Olympians, stayed a little bit nervous up there. To the eyes of the beholder, divers are fearless daredevils when really they are all just running on adrenaline and mustering up just enough courage to throw their bodies into the uncomfortable. Similar to 10-meter platform, there have been checkpoints along my spiritual journey where I never imagined I would be. For one, church planting. If you told college freshman me that I would be a pastor's wife and our family would be working to build community and connect others to a church home, I would have... I don't know, but I would have done more than just not believed you. And quite honestly, I wouldn't have wanted it. For the Lauren whose faith was safe and comfortable and held private in her mind, church planting sounds like a synonym with the uncomfortable word evangelism. You know, when you share your faith publicly and invite others to church. But what a different experience it has been and what than what I would have expected. God has grown me tremendously through this. God has taught me powerful truths about how he works. God hasn't been asking me to randomly invite strangers to church or to awkwardly interject Jesus into any and all conversations. God has encouraged me to simply make friends, to learn people's stories, to care about what's going on in others' lives, to listen to people's past experiences about church, to hear what people are longing for, to discover what excites them and what gives them purpose. I cannot even begin to explain the extent to which God has blessed me with some incredible and deep friendships. God has helped me to build confidence in genuinely sharing my faith, how my faith sustains and motivates me, when an everyday conversation invites it. And it's not with the pressure to convert or to condemn or to get someone into the doors of our church, but simply to share what has been good news for my life, because hiding it would be hiding a huge part of who I am. Through each relationship and conversation, God has incrementally grown my faith. When it comes to strength change, strength training, variety and incremental progression is essential. Building up our bodies in the area of strength and endurance requires changing up our routines and gradually increasing weight and repetition. You could rationalize replicating the same weekly workouts for years if you felt your current level of fitness were good enough, but eventually your body would habituate and even decline from that baseline level. The same and the comfortable is not enough for maintaining fitness and certainly not enough for growing it. Remember Jesus praying in the garden, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Lent is a season which calls us to prepare our hearts for Christ and challenges us to grow spiritually. We cannot grow staying in our comfortable and familiar routines. I strongly encourage each of you, to step up to something uncomfortable this season for the sake of stretching your spiritual muscles. What might be a step forward for you? It might be a big leap you have to courageously lean into, but it doesn't have to provoke a 10 out of 10 on your anxiety scale either to be fruitful. It may be a beginner's step, but it should not be easy. It should feel a tad uncomfortable. You may sweat it or turn it over in your head a couple of times, don't fool yourself into rationalizing that God will have you feeling fully comfortable and equipped before stepping into something new. Lean into the uncomfortable with faith that God has got you and God will grow you through it.
Christ Jesus, our Lord, invites to this his table all those who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with one another. Uh, we come to this table uh, not because we have it all together, but because we don't. We need grace, and we need to know that there's, there's a space here uh, with our name on it, um, where Jesus stands ready and waiting uh, for us always. And so when we, wash, when we get ready for meals in our home, we prepare by washing our hands, and we get ready for this meal by washing our hearts through confessing our sins. So I invite you to 